0: Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smart eyes. Today's episode, Carter and the Terrorist Sitting in a Tree. Once again, the Palestinian people had an opportunity to vote, and once again, they chose Hamas by a 76% margin. Hamas, of course, is the terrorist organization whose primary platform is to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Jimmy Carter, the most incompetent president in my lifetime, is out there encouraging them. He's running around, shaking hands, making friends, meeting with terrorist leaders all over the Middle East. And he's asking for them to be recognized by the international community because maybe they might kind of, sort of, renounce violence sooner or later someday. I vividly remember the Carter presidency. After the disaster that was Richard Nixon, Americans voted in this mild-mannered peanut farmer. His presidency was marked by exactly one accomplishment. He helped broker peace between Egypt and Israel. Quite an accomplishment. But that is the only accomplishment that he ever had while he was in office. Back then, I was selling audio and video equipment at a store called Sounds Great. Now, this was long before Best Buy and Circuit City. When you wanted a decent stereo, you went to one of the independent stores or the small chains were populated by salesmen who actually knew something about the equipment that they were selling. Under Carter, inflation hit a whopping 18%. And I remember people walking into the store, carrying wads of cash in their hands, announcing they had just emptied their savings account and wanted to spend it all while it was still worth something. This only lasted for a few months, but Sales in the store skyrocketed to an all-time high as people made a desperate attempt to spend all their money as fast as possible. I was a commissioned salesman at the time, and I ate pretty well for those few months. Carter then went on to create the Department of Education, which has grown to a behemoth that costs us $70 billion a year, and they have done everything in their power to degrade public and private education in America. Their Title IX Act, which says colleges must have a girls' sports team to match any boys' sports teams, has completely destroyed college sports for many smaller schools. Their No Child Left Behind Act has done more to damage primary and secondary education in all of the nation's public schools than could even be imagined. Don't take my word for it. Ask any public school teacher about it. But if you do, make sure you've got at least an hour to spare. In 1979, there was an oil shortage, which most Americans believe was contrived, but it resulted in soaring prices and long lines at the gas stations. There were some states that made it so you could only buy on odd or even days, depending on what your license plate ended with. Carter gave a speech that came to be known as his malaise speech, and he said this was the moral equivalent of war, and his plan was to surrender. He told us to lower our thermostats to 65 in the winter and raise them to 78 in the summer. He wore sweaters and encouraged us to do the same. And he, of course, created another government bureaucracy, the Department of Energy, because, you know, the answer to every problem is always more government bureaucracy. We laughed at him in his ridiculous sweaters, which kind of points out how important personality is in a leader. If you can imagine if years and years before Kennedy had made the same request, or a few years later, Reagan had said, this is what we need to do. People would have been running to the store to pick up some cardigans. But Carter, Carter was viewed as a ridiculous joke. And so his sweaters were considered pretty ridiculous too. When the people in Panama started making noise and getting itchy about the Panama Canal, which America had financed and was paying a hefty sum to Panama for every year. His solution, again, was to surrender and give it away. Just handed it over. But all of his incompetence might have been forgotten if it weren't for America getting one of the biggest slaps in the face that she ever got in her entire history fundamentalist Muslims in Iran toppled the Shah, who had been put there many years before by Americans, and replaced him with the Ayatollah Khomeini. This came as a complete surprise to the CIA, who were just as incompetent then as they are now, and evidently got most of their information from the front page of the New York Times. Shortly after Khomeini was put in power, Iranians attacked the American embassy, overran it, and took over 60 people hostage. Carter's response was to do nothing except talk. He asked Johnny Carson, who at the time was the king of late-night television, and i got to remember this was before we had 47 channels, he asked Johnny Carson not to make fun of the situation, not to tell any jokes. And I still remember a month later watching Johnny when Steve Martin broke the ice with an Ayatollah Khomeini joke. Our silliest comic was the first one to stand up to the tyrant. The days turned to weeks, and the weeks turned to months, and still Carter took no action. Some hostages were released early because of health problems that Iran couldn't deal with as they were returning to the Stone Age, but Carter's sole response was to promise he wouldn't leave the White House until everybody was returned. People were really getting pissed. Americans were very upset, and finally Carter decided to do something about it. He sent a few helicopters on a rescue mission. The mission was a complete failure. Most of the helicopters never even made it to their destination. One of them crashed in the desert. And Khomeini's popularity skyrocketed. The hostages never were released under his presidency. They spent 444 days being tortured and abused by Iranians. And their release wasn't negotiated until Ronald Reagan won the election. And the actual release took place just a few minutes after Ronnie took the oath of office. Iran knew better than to keep up their nonsense with Reagan in charge of the military. Imagine how different things would be now if Carter was in possession of testicles back then. He could have given Iran a very short time period to release the hostages, perhaps the week or so that it would have taken to get our military in place. And then, if they still refused... He could have gone in with the full might of the American military. They could have raised everything in their path on the way to the hostages. Imagine the aftermath of that. Oh yeah, there'd be lots of boning and protests and hand-wringing and vilifying of the U.S. But more importantly, we would have sent a very important, unforgettable message to all nations, especially the Muslim countries, Don't fuck with us because if you do, the consequences are just too terrible. If he had done that, would 9-11 have happened? How about the reign of terror that led up to it? We'll never know, because gutless Jimmy blew his chance. As Reagan began working on winning the Cold War, Carter shuffled off and eventually he started Habitat for Humanity, a very cool charity that helps low-income people become homeowners without giving them handouts. For a decade or so, it looked like he might make up for being one of our worst presidents by being one of our best ex-presidents. But now he's blown it again. Now, there's always been sort of a gentleman's agreement, an unwritten rule that past presidents, ex-presidents, didn't criticize sitting presidents. It's kind of a, just a, a courtesy which Carter ignored. And, you know, I can't really even blame him for that because it's hard to keep your mouth shut about all the things that Bush is doing to America. So that's forgivable. But now, now he's out there hobnobbing with terrorists. He's meeting their leaders. At one reception, he literally hugged and kissed one of them. He's even spewing their spew, referring to Israel as occupiers. This, then, is Carter's legacy. After kowtowing to terrorists while in office, now he's out there kissing them. This makes him something far worse than a pathetically incompetent president. He has now shown the world that he is a despicable human being. And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you can just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations. You've been smartinized. podcast on an entirely different subject actually a somewhat related subject but it all said I had notes on it i knew what i was going to say and then a buddy of mine brent sent me a jimmy carter cartoon which i thought was just perfect and just kind of encapsulated what he's been up to And so, if you'd like to see the cartoon, it's on my blog. You have to go to DaveHit.com, spelled with two T's, and click on the Quick Hits blog link, and you'll see the cartoon there. And it just kind of inspired this and brought back memories of what a rotten president Carter had been. And I just couldn't resist going off on this. While you're there, leave a comment. Or drop me a line, hitman at DaveHit.com. like to hear from everybody i like to read the email and i'm annoyed at myself because somebody sent me a cool email in response to the last podcast the one about health savings accounts and i wanted to read it and i can't find it i can't find it in my inbox i don't know if i printed it out i'm just rather disorganized but his point was that uh, and i apologize for not having it here and not being able to uh, give credit where credit is due but his point was that this is going to be a bumpy ride if we go down this road with health savings account and make healthcare a bit more of a negotiated market and make it a free market that it's not going to be quick and simple people have a different relationship with their doctor they don't necessarily want to discuss price with and it's going to take a while before any of this happens which is all exactly absolutely true but that doesn't mean that it's not a good idea a lot of the best things that we have ever done were difficult and bumpy when we first started out. Once again, I'm going to show for the Podcast Peer Awards. Go to podcastpeers.org and click on the winner's link. You're going to see the podcasts that were chosen by 500 other podcasters as the best in their business, the best of their kind. And if you're a podcaster, you can come on in and join You have to actually be a legitimate podcaster. We do check that out. You have to have at least six shows, and you have to be doing it for at least three months before you get in and and join the party. But, uh, yeah, uh, come on in, because we're going to do another round. And this is the last year that we're going to do it biannually. We're doing it twice a year, and uh, that's just gotten kind of time-consuming and a little tedious. And so we're going to go to once a year after this year, the next awards though will be at DragonCon, the end of August, beginning of September, and so we're getting ready for that round, so stop on by, podcastpeers.org check it out and if you're a podcaster, join up. And as always never forget my friends that the Quick Hits Podcast is little more than a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken too seriously